Screenless. The TV drama is imagined. The work and the guests are real. Making a soundtrack. Dan, what's that noise? Where are you? What are you doing? Oh, that noise. I'm just taking my horse for a quick canter around the estate. But Dan, you don't have a horse. Ah. No, honestly, I do, and it's definitely not coconut shells and a cat litter tray. Is this is this in honour of our guest today? It is, yes. Melton Baytock would be proud. Yes, I is doing foley, innit? <laughs> What's foley? Foley. It's like Lee, but it's not real, so it's oh, foley. Now, what is it really, you silly Billy? <sighs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's the replacement of sound yeah. movement, yeah. specifically. But all sorts of sounds, everything from footsteps to doors opening, creaking, people opening envelopes, you name it, it gets replaced. So uh, today we are talking to Melton Baytock, who is a fab Foley artist who has worked on just, just about every drama there is coming out, really. Yeah. She's amazing. Yep. Opening scene and action. Morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, it's been uh, an interesting week. I did a voiceover job on Monday. Ooh. Diversification. Ah, it wasn't for the liminal zone. No, it wasn't for the liminal zone. Ah, shame. I think we've covered that extensively. Yes, we have. Yeah. Uh, Had friends over the weekend. Uh, Cool. How about you? I disappeared off to the middle of nowhere with the missus. It was our wedding anniversary. We spent three days in a hut. <laughs> I'm not sure whether you were there intentionally, bliss. whether you were kidnapped, or <laughs> you were there on purpose. Yeah. No, no, we we, we paid for it. Yeah, That's we good. actually paid for it. No, it was beautiful. On the uh, Elmley Nature Reserve, and uh, just uh, woke up to bird song every day and all that jizz jazz. It's lovely. Yeah, I saw a photo on your Instagram, which was uh, the hut with couple of chairs outside and a nice fire pit. Fire pit, yeah. And they provide you with a massive jar of marshmallows. Oh. So we just sat out there toasting marshmallows. It's lovely. Great. So I thought we could discuss briefly what kind of dramas we're watching. Because uh, we don't really generally talk about that, do we? No, we don't. I recently finished a drama called The Capture, which is on BBC One. And it's on iPlayer now if you want to catch up with it. But yes, exciting and terrifying in equal measure in terms of what's possible. Yeah, you were talking about this the other night. Um, mm. Yeah, it sounds horrifying. Yes, with music from Ian Arbour. And Dave Rowntree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, very nicely done. Uh, on Sunday, His Dark Material started, Ooh, which yes. is just, you know, this kind of season's uh, fantasy offering. Yeah. I believe that's Lorne Balfe, isn't it? It is. To that. Yeah, yeah very epic stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops through the series, the music on that one. Yeah. Yeah, we, th- we thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Mm. The only other one I'm watching at the moment is season two of Jack Ryan, which is ah. uh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we've not started that yet, but absolutely love the first series. Other recent ones I would like to mention are Unbelievable on Netflix, which yep. it's a tough watch but a very powerful drama. And Stranger Things has also had season three. 
Yeah. Uh, so more of that synthy goodness. Yeah, I, I loved season three. I thought it was a bit of a return to form for Stranger Things. Yeah, very much so. I didn't know where they would go after season two, but yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Peaky Blinders had their, was it series five? Series five, yeah. Series five, yeah. Which was good. I noticed the slow motion walking every other scene a lot mm. more. <laughs> but um, yeah, very good. We've been watching Carnival Row, which is an Amazon thing. Ah, not seen that. Which has got Orlando Bloom in it. Bloom, that's how you... Bloom. A bloom. Proper pronunciation. Pr- proper pronunciation <laughs> of his name, yep. Lovely chap, lovely. That's Nathan Barr doing the music, so... He did like True Blood and things like that. He always manages to find sort of interesting instruments to stick in there. I haven't seen Carnival Row, but does that mean being carnivaly? No, it's, got... it's about the row. It's set in a sort of alternate reality where sort of fairies and demons and things are real. A bit like Bright with uh, Will Smith. Yeah, but they they all sort of live on an island. And they've all sort of grown up on this island where they've been fairly isolated and then man arrives and sort of obviously fights for the island. One of the factions decides to leave and they go home to the Berg where they live and a lot of the the fae, as they're called, are brought back and put to work doing all sorts of things. Might give that a little look. It is good. It is very good. And what was the other one? The Boys, which is also an Amazon one. Which is based on a Garth Ennis, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, which is terrible. It's apologies. Um, but it's a, based on a graphic novel where superheroes are real and there's a big, com- ah, yes. there's a big yeah. company behind running the superheroes and stuff. And there's a group of people who think that actually the superheroes, you see all the good stuff, but you don't see the bad stuff that they do. And mm. it's all about the consequences and stuff. So, yeah, that's really good. It's, it's interesting how something like that comes out at the same time as something like uh, Watchmen yes. comes out. You see it in films as well, where you get two similar things coming out at the same time. Yeah. Well, Watchmen is possibly my favourite graphic novel. So, mm. And I'm actually a, a very big fan of what Zack Snyder did with the film because it was basically page for page. He copied it. Okay. Apart, from, apart from changing the major incident at the end of the film, but other than that, he was pretty much page for page, and it is, it's a beautiful, beautiful-looking film, hmm. just like the comic book is. But you haven't delved into the TV version I have yet. been watching the TV version. Um, okay. Which I'm very much enjoying. I'm enjoying the whole move into the modern day and basically how one of the biggest things at the moment. Back then, the original Watchmen was all about impending nuclear war between yep. Russia and America, and this is a, basically about the race war in America. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, updated. So far, so good, and absolutely loving the score, which is Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. But, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're watching at the minute. Other recent dramas I have seen, which are due a mention, are Fleabag, I think it was oh, uh, fantastic. So good. Killing Eve continues to be brilliant. I suppose both Phoebe Waller-Bridge, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And also Line of Duty. I enjoyed every series of that. And uh, Likewise, I haven't seen the recent one yet, though. So, But looking forward to that, Line of Duty is, is consistently good, I think. It'd be nice to know what you, dear listener, are watching and what you enjoy about it. So let us know. Go to the social medias, the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us there. Uh, yeah. Links in the show notes. So now it's time for... What's it time for, Dan? Um, uh, 
Is it? Is it? It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Sing properly. (coughs) Cue the music. (laughs) There you go. Cue the music. So we're on to track seven. Ooh, track seven. Aftermath. Track six took a little while, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And I think, as you mentioned last time, it was much more in-depth because we got this sound that we liked. Uh, We've established a lot of things, including character themes, Mm. and then it had to do something. And I think it was because we were, we'd been concentrating so much on new things all the time, this was taking existing things that we'd created and fashioning them into something else. So, yeah. And because it is a turning point in the album, we had to think of how it's going to sound afterwards Yeah, as well. So looking backwards and forwards at the same time, which is yeah. really quite tricky. But it was time worth spending, and I think we've got the result that we wanted. Definitely. And also, during that process, we ended up with a bit of excess that we took off the end, which actually can form the basis of the start of this track. Yeah, I think so, because doing a me, I'd overwritten it. And my brain was, as I've mentioned already, I think my brain knew where it wanted to go with stuff. So it was just, you know, pumping stuff out. And um, so making the decision to stop track six where we did and then take just, uh, there's only a few elements, but taking Mm. those that I'd added to the end and have that as the start of track seven, I think was a, a very good idea of yours. Ah, well... I mean, it was sort of the idea at the start, listening back, but, it, you know, things develop. So should we have a little listen to some of those elements? Yeah. Okay. Um, so here we've got a bass synth pitch down. Oh, there's, there's a down and an up, but we'll just do the down for that. So that's cool. And then we've got, um, I, I like your naming conventions here. We've got Cello Wasps. Go. It's just, it sounds like Cello Wasps to me. <laughs> and then, bless him, Colin the Uneasy Whale. Colin the Uneasy Whale. <laughs> what actually is that? What synth have you got? Uh, it's the cat. Yeah. Is the cat doing sample and hold, and then it's put through a uh, modulated delay as well, which then means the pitch kind of goes... The pitch is wobbling on the cat anyway, but then this modulated delay just speeds and basically slows and speeds the delay up and down to a certain thing, and it just makes it sound very uneasy. Yeah. Uh, You've got... um, I quite like the name of this. Dangerous Instability Dream. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's quite a good one. Um, that's three synths together, that is. Yeah. I think that might be... When I listened back to them, I thought, ooh, yeah, that could be... It's it's almost the most pad-like that of the of the things you've sent through. Yeah. So... Uh, I just went through um, track six and looked at the extra elements that I'd added. So it was the new stuff that I'd put in, mm-hmm. none, of the, none of the stuff that we'd used before um, and thought what's going to be interesting and what's not, like the cello wasps, which is yeah. a piece of... It's a cello that's been time-stretched massively and then put through a four-man filter 
and yeah. I've automated it and it does sound a bit like wasps, but I thought that's, that's interesting. Yeah. There are a few others there as well. So I will have a play around with those to create the mood and to reserve some, depending on what I come up with, it's really hard to predict yeah. where things go and, and how they'll sit. I also thought about the fact that up until now, everything's been fairly slow and reflective. I know there's been a big build in the last track. So I'm thinking maybe of upping the tempo a bit. Yeah. And again, I don't know how that will work with those elements. And I, I might come back to you and say, oh, okay, we need that in this key, <laughs> that tempo, etc. But um, if I'm doing a different key, I might just pitch it. Yeah. But come back to you and see, you know, does it sound good enough or do we need to actually re-record that same thing backwards engineering engineering. some of it i will be able to do and some of it i won't be able to do well we'll see we'll see might be a bit of a backwards and forwards on that cool so that's what i'm thinking i don't know how you feel about a quicker tempo or well it's an it's an interesting one because the title aftermath it makes me think of something more ambient and slow so Mm. when you said oh i'm thinking of upping the tempo i thought oh that's an interesting think i hadn't thought of that so yeah yeah, i'm very interested to see where you're going to take this yeah yeah me too i don't don't know entirely (laughs) yeah i just i would imagine that as well an aftermath being kind of you know the the post apocalyptic or the you know post explosion or or whatever letting the dust fall where it does but it's the compilation maker in me that goes Right, what song would be good after this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It might not work. Uh, I just think we're due a, a, a bit of a change of pace. And having the, the, the kind of track that's a pivotal moment, I think maybe that's a good place to actually have that change. Yeah, absolutely. So after that, we've got build to event, event, resolution, and then the theme tune. And that's it. Okay, so, so maybe mm, yeah, now you're putting see, doubt in my head. Well, I'm just maybe thinking that, maybe that build is where build we, is where we would yeah. possibly do. Okay, maybe maybe this is like total ambience. Yeah, maybe I, I'd go with you. Go, I try try if you you know feel that up in the tempo and putting something in is going to work, then do that. I mean, there's nothing to say that something has happened that then means that say character one then has got to rush off somewhere and and deal with what's mm. just happened. Uh, it doesn't have to be slow and ambienty and stuff, but if it's that's just what I took from the title. It doesn't necessarily mean yeah, we have to yeah. do that. Yeah, I think certainly it needs to start like that, doesn't it? It needs to be this moment of, you know, take a breath, what's yeah. just happened. Yeah. And then so what I was imagining is what comes out of that. Uh, but I guess that, you know, I could be skipping ahead of track there. Yeah, yeah. So we could, we could make this, the immediate aftermath, longer than I'm imagining in my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In that case, I will base everything on these elements, or rather, I will have these as a starting point, and I will base any instrumental parts on these elements. Cool. See where that goes. Okay. Okay. Look forward to hearing it. To your elements, no. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Where's the trombone? Mm-hmm. 
Meltem is doing amazing things in TV drama production. This year alone, she has provided foley for dramas such as The Crown, The Last Kingdom, Britannia, Catherine the Great, The Capture, Good Omens, Trust Me, Fleabag, White Gold and Luther. That's not a full list, and that's just this year. Unsurprisingly, she is a Golden Reel and Cymru BAFTA award winner. Melton Baytock, welcome to the Making a Soundtrack podcast. Melly, can you tell us about your journey to being a professional Foley artist and what is it about Foley particularly that you enjoy? How I become a Foley artist it is started when I was very young. My parents put me in a dancing class because I was quiet and shy and they want me to be confident and make friends and all that it's that those reasons they put me in a dancing class and then I become very great very confident and physical confidence I knew how to use my body and my muscles to control to be able to sync with the other members uh, of the dancing and be able to synchronize with them at the same time and also gave me the creative skills and um, like makeup and costume making and be able to sort, you know, making good relationship with the other people in the dancing class. And also it's given me such a big confidence of being live performance and forget everything on the, whatever is was happening in my life or whatever is happening, just leave them on the backstage, go there, perform and just live in, in the moments and just do my best and all these things give me such a big confidence i think it's helped me hugely to become a folio artist and be able to be natural about it and also reading emotions people emotions was really important and that helped me a lot and then my parents had a strong feeling i needed to have proper degree diploma and i i studied business administration and i finished it i had it so much i finished it in three years instead of four so they sent me in england wow. and for the higher degrees and i didn't like it and i up. <laughs> it wasn't me and I did lots of different jobs. And then um, I work in the restaurants. I was a nanny. I was a makeup artist. I was always doing lots of different things, but I didn't know what was Foley was. I had no idea about it. I met with my ex-partner, um, he, who was a sound supervisor. And one day, he's, he needed Foley, and he, he didn't have Foley artists. So he asked me help. The first time I went there to help him, when he didn't have a folio artist. And I loved it. It was a Volkswagen van advertisement. And the story was um, he's going to playground and to fix the swings and the slides and kind of things. And the van has huge space to carry all this, blah, blah, blah. And I had to run in the playground like a kid and throw things around, dance like a silly kids around and, you know, hit, hit the driver, the fixer's hat with the spatula kind of things. So <laughs> it was amazing. It was like I was doing things and I was actually the kid in the playgrounds. It was the Foley Studio was my my playground and I was the little girl in there and boy and just like being silly, creative and didn't care anything. I just throwing sounds around and having fun basically. And I really, really enjoyed. And my partner said, wow, you're a natural. 
and you should definitely focus on this. And I was trying to be a makeup artist that time. And I loved it. It's just very, that's how it started. How does my career start? I never thought I would be a folio artist, even that day. I just enjoyed. And I just start going there after my full-time job, after six o'clock. And I start hanging out and help the recording and help the um, recording with um, other artists. Um, Gareth Johnson was my master and we start recording and I learned a lot from him and my, from my recorders. And then more and more I went there because I enjoyed and I, I loved it. And it wasn't my um, goal in life. I just enjoyed a lot. And I was, it gives me the chance to become a child again or creative and, and it still feel the same. That is how it started. And it's, it's still, I find it the feeling of being a dancer um, mm. on the stage or being a performer and it's creative. And I'm very much like living in the moment person and it's definitely suits my character and it's it's like me I don't live in the past I don't live in the future and that's four years just for that day that moment yeah it's really interesting about the physicality of it and how you've taken to it very naturally because of your dancing and relate to it in that way yeah most of most of folio artists are um, dancers they have definitely a dancing background or they're musicians and they are directors very little so most of it is comes from dancer. Eight percent, mm. I think, seven to eight percent of the folio artists are dancer. It's not surprising. It, it, it makes such a big sense. Yeah, or if they are musicians, it's it's yeah, it's a performance. That's what you're doing. You're performing. So it's just a different way of performing. It makes perfect sense, really. I think a lot of people are surprised because a lot of people don't actually know what foley is. Most people think that all of the sound is recorded when they record the picture as well. Um, oh yes, I get that a lot. Yeah. And I- that people when I say, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. natural history, they yeah, can tell yeah. you, they really upset if I say, Oh yeah, that bird flap is me, but and <laughs> they they just like, Oh, it's not real. I'm like, how can you record a bird on the sky? We can use amazing lenses, <laughs> but you can't just take the bird to put mic on it. And it's just like, oh yeah, true. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit upsetting for people like especially old ladies and stuff but it's just (laughs) i've just got a vision of a of like a seagull with a a radio mic attached to it now (laughs) or a you know a hundred foot boom mic yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah i'm 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 ruining people's imagination sometimes um but it is what it is and you're right people doesn't think they all t- record in the studio after the shooting. And yeah, you made a good point of it. Yeah. Melly, when you're working on a, a drama, what's a typical day like for you? If I'm lucky, I get a preview. And they used to send me the picture before, a few days before. And I had a chance to watch it and listen it properly, which gives huge time saving and huge. I, I feel the character. I feel every each person and I become like them. And I is make is make it much better, but these days they can't do it because of security reasons. The productions they don't want to let that pictures to go out from the studio, which makes sense. I understand yeah. that totally. But if that's why, if I'm lucky, I, I see it before. If not in the studio, if we have time, if we have time, 
I do the preview. But most of, most of the time, I don't have any time to see it before. I just see the five minutes of it, and then we start with the movements, move wow. track, we call it. And when I do the move track, I don't just do the moves. I have I'm watching everything, like especially who's coming in, who's going out, and who's the main character, and there. Uh, how can I personalize them, giving some different kind of sound or being very like jazzy hands. So if, if they have, how can I do that? Or they do um, sharp movements, or they are sad, or I just I just work on the personalities, the characters on the you know on the screen for people, actors and actresses and. That's how it starts with the movements. And then we go to recording the footsteps. And it means like I have to find out lots of, I go to work with lots of shoes. I have more than two pair of shoes and the woman is included. And I have no space in my house for any more shoes, basically. <laughs> Um, uh, but if I go, if I want to go to smart weddings, I don't have any pair for high heels for me because all my shoes end up in the poly bag and they get old. <laughs> I noticed actually on your Twitter account, you take photos of your studio room and I've seen lots of shoes in there. Yes, because shoes are very important. Every studio has different surfaces and my favourite shoes in one studio will come rubbish in other studios. Yeah. And it is very important is the right weight on it, right sharpness and brightness or dullness inside of in the shoot with different platforms, different studios. And yeah, it's I, I have collective shoes for every each studio, which is useful or not. And it's a bit it's a bit challenging to remember all, but we yeah, that's why I take lots of shoes with me just in case scenario. And then, yeah, I have to find, I have to run in the studio, sometimes eight hours in the high heels, sometimes very little you know, men's shoes and all that. And then we record footsteps in the in the day. And it's 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 hard work um, for the walking in the same spots for all day, you know, especially on high heels, running in outside or treadmill. It's different kind of muscles work when you run in the same spot and it's more tiring. And yeah. Then we record props or sound effects and just creating sound for the picture and we think I think is people find the footstep is the hardest to get on with it. For me it was the props of effects sounds because I was I think I was natural with the footsteps as my mm -hmm. dark background. But yeah, and they they goes really fast most of the time because it's I get very you know we studios are have very limited time most of the time and we are lots of pressure off to be able to get the projects done in that period and we don't have much luxury and flexibility for to go the next day. It is very tense, very hard, not just physical um, reasons because I find the concentration is much harder than running eight hours a day I think that is people forget that it's just I can't even blink my eyes kind of concentration when I'm doing sync sound and also I need to always think the next object what I can create for the next scene because I'm doing it but also my brain thinks oh which prop I needed which studio it was oh yes, yeah studio yeah. and then oh which prop it does where are they because they change place so 
Is it like a puzzle? That's my day. Finding pieces of the big, huge puzzle and the pieces are really small. (laughs) (laughs) Have you a a favourite thing to record? I love pure movies and dramas. Mm -hmm. And for me, they are real. They are beautiful and they they have character. And I love like Peaky Blinders and Cold Midwife kind of shows I work on. And it's it makes me feel like time traveling, and yeah. um, that things that kind of things just makes me you know happy when I find out. And the shoes are sounding amazing. It's not like a trainers. It's just they all have heart, <laughs> and they tell me story, and they tell me the spots tells me this story. That's forty for me. Forty is bringing props, character, letting me to tell the story by the props and the by the, by the objects and the periods dramas gives me that modern sci-fi or um, modern dramas, to be honest. Yeah, I guess with sci-fi and things, it's all very hyped. So it's a lot of it is not real anyway. So when they're doing footsteps and things, it's not a typical corridor. They're running down a corridor on a spaceship or on a, yeah, whatever. So it's going to sound totally different. So there's a, a totally different mentality to that than there is to doing the period stuff, whereas the period stuff is very... It's not that sci-fi isn't focused on drama and story, because it can be, but the period stuff is exceptionally focused on the drama and the story. So if that's the way that you lean, then I can understand how it seems, you know, I, I don't want to call it pure, but it seems a little more pure than, you know, from a sound perspective than the sci-fi stuff. Definitely, you put it up. You put on really well, I think, my my feelings. Um, I don't like sci-fi. I, I do, but it's I find it difficult because I never heard. And everybody has some kind of expectation for the sounds. They never hear it before. And it, it is my imagination is that, but it might be different for other person. Yeah. And it's, it's very difficult to please everyone. The something is not there. And it's, I, sometimes I know what to do. I know how, what I want to hear because we don't have that props or that even I can uh, fudge it around, I can make it. Sometimes I don't know. I'm not really sure. And it's, I never, I don't really like sci-fi to watch it as well. It's just something is not real for me and not real enough. It's not in this, my everyday living. Mm. So I like to watch it more than I like to do it, I think, because I'm oh. still learning <laughs> from when I'm watching um, but yeah, I'm a bit nervous on sci-fi, I have to say, and I need to be, you know, I need to watch more and listen more, this kind of things. It's, yeah, but period is my favourite part. Yeah. I think it's fine to have uh, your own preferences and I think it's just good to recognise what kind of styles and genres where you get the best out of yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can't be perfect for everything. Well, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So that's that's my thing. Is I yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with periods and and also I have like I know the props really well. The studios work on and or I'll bring some and I feel it more connected and mm. yeah, more more attachment on the period stuff than anything mm. else. So talking about a production, what other people on a production do you communicate with, and uh, how does when you've recorded all these amazing sounds, how does the delivery work? Well, I communicate. I communicate with my recorders all day long. If I'm, 
or the people in the in the sound team in the sound studios, the other artists or recordists or ADR mixer or you know super sound supervisors. But most of the time, just me and my recordist and no one else. People think I see the famous artists or directors, and I'm when I'm doing the like famous movies and shows, and they think, oh, have you met with this person? Like. No, I just want to see you guys all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is not the way people think of. Just my me and my recorders and myself, basically. And all day I spend with the recorders. And I think it's very, very important to make a good relationship with the recorders. We work like very often together, or sometimes five days, 10 days a month together. And it's, I see more than my husband, it's because they become like my um, work husband or work wife. I make a joke about that because <laughs> I see them more and I'm no one else for day and days goes like this. So I think it's very important to make a good relationship with the recorders and it's totally teamwork. It's not just me. And I will say that it's, it's a teamwork. We rely on each other. If he says or she says, it's good. I have to believe and I have to say yes, but I'm a bit cheeky, I'll say, yeah, but can I add this on? But I think I should, you know, let go a bit more, but I, I, that's my personality. I just went perfect. You know, it should be a good relationship. If you, if I can't get on with the recorders, it doesn't matter what the day recording goes bad. And it goes not fun, they goes very slow for both of us. So, that is very important, I think. That's because that's only one person I see all day, days and days and months and months. So <laughs> that's it. Technical part is pretty bad. I'm really bad. So it's not my responsibility, fortunately. They wouldn't trust me about that anyway. And not me. I don't I have no idea how the day deliver work, to be honest. <laughs> how they send the other studios, the mixer, the I have no idea, and I'm not really interested on that. I expect it'll be Pro Tools. I expect yeah, Pro Tools or Avits, but yeah. mostly Pro Tools. But I don't know how to use Pro Tools. I tried. I almost <laughs> throw my laptop through the window. So <laughs> <laughs> it is really annoying. It's because I know what I what it needs, but I can't get it done, and it's really frustrating. Please, hi. I don't know how you do all this technical parts. I feel very idiot. Nor do we. <laughs> uh, it, that's just generally working with the computer there are, you know there are days where you want to pick it up and you want to throw it as far as you possibly can because it's not doing what you wanted to yeah yeah, yeah. that's me every day <laughs> <laughs> obviously you work in the sound world of uh, tv as we do as well uh, but they're both very different things music and foley how do you feel about music in TV drama? Do you think it works well with the Foley? I would say they are not a good friends. <laughs> <laughs> and they are the best friends at the same time. And it's a yeah. bit like love and hate relationship. The reason is we put like we have a scene and as we work so much on that scene, like you spend a day for that beautiful picture. And then we watching it, or I'm sitting down and excited and like whole thing and then all for everything is muted just music and all hard work it just goes away and it's just like oh gee i spent whole day and it's 
it's music taking over. Okay, it works really well, but at the same time, my hard work is yeah. gone. Yeah. And it's really annoying when it happens. But I understand all of it because it's, that's what is needed. That feeling, music needs to give that more feeling about that, and it needs to you know to tell different story and bring your yeah. bring your how you should feel, and the music does that beautifully. That way, that time I feel there are the enemies, but other times, like when they tell us, oh, it's going to be music there, don't don't bother. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> we just concentrate other parts. Um, spend much more time and make much better quality sound for the things which just doesn't need music. Yeah. And it's, they become best friends at more time. And mm-hmm. sometimes we we hear music and the folly at the same time, the same very good mixing and then the same kind of level. And and it's both sides can be very enjoyable, but it is very, um, it's not that often that happens, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's a tough balancing act, I think. You're looking at the story and what the story needs. Do you need to be able to hear how these characters are moving and exactly what they're doing? Or can the music, say, give you a better look at the backstory? Is it more emotional? So does the, does the music need to take? Because we, we have this, a similar issue. Never with Foley. This is with the, all of the special effects stuff. And mm. having done lots of sci-fi, there are moments where I have written this absolutely mammoth, huge piece of music to go with this huge piece of action and you can barely hear it because there are so many bangs and explosions and other such things going on but I know that's that's I, I get so annoyed about it because it's like oh god my music's been buried I, I was really proud of that but at the same time I know that if the music was going and you couldn't hear any bangs and explosions you wouldn't be in the moment with what's going on yeah. so yeah I totally understand the whole love-hate relationship between because it is a it's a collaboration at the end of the day. Everything has to work hand in hand. True, and, true that. And it's it's all just about telling the story. Yeah, what is prepare you the best? You know, if it's music or it's poorly or you know sound effects, whatever it needs to be done, it needs to be done. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't stop you to go heartbroken sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh gosh. Again, um, well, you have to, I think, as a being professional, you have to accept the reality and yep. you have to, we have to accept, okay. And even if you think it's not, but you still have to accept it's, you know. Yeah. It's done, isn't it? It's done yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day. That's what I feel about music in the Foley. Recently, very lately, I watched Roma, for example, the mm-hmm. amazing movie. Yep. And I just realized, like, how fully the story so well and the music as well i don't know if you watch it or not but yeah this visual like the feeling of the womb the woman's feeling but they are inside the world and it comes out with the poorly and the music and visual like the, the marching band is going when she feels like something explosion is happening inside her and like cows is happening when she comes out of the cinema it's just lots of going on no, any any script or the you know dialogue goes on. Just fully and visual and just the you know the music tells the story and it's beautifully said. Yeah. And you don't need to put anything else there. Sometimes they combine really really well, but sometimes with a visual, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't. It's, it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. Music and fully. It's personal choice, I think, as well. 
Yes, and you touched on it earlier when we were discussing creating sounds that perhaps, you know, don't actually exist sort of for the sci-fi thing. What you think a sound should sound like is not what somebody else thinks a sound should sound like. You know, it's the same with all the creative stuff. You just do what you think is right and the way that you, your insights, your instinct is telling you to go. But that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else on the production has the same view as you. you. Exactly. We are all different. That's yep. <laughs> yeah. I have a story about that, actually. Um, when when I was working in natural history and documentaries, I have to do sounds which is not there sometimes mm. because they, people don't believe it. Like, owl doesn't flap. When they make flap, it doesn't sound anything. They are mute when they flap. Yeah. But we have to put the flap there because the audience doesn't believe. They feel something <laughs> missing. It's a bit secret of the world, the, our industry, but it is what Not it anymore. is. <laughs> Not anymore. I think people know that. And then so yeah. when people know it, and some people know it already, and they say, that shouldn't be there. But <laughs> most of people don't know. And they don't believe because it's it doesn't come real. Mm. So we, we have to do this. We have to say, okay, people need to believe and people expect in this to happen. My eight-year-old daughter is just doing, they're doing sound at school. She came home the other day and uh, was telling me that Star Wars, which is one of my favourite things, is all totally wrong because uh, space is a vacuum and there can't be any sound in space, Daddy, so there would be no sound whatsoever. So you would not hear the Millennium Falcon, you would not hear any explosions and lasers don't make any noise. Well done, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she came home and she put me totally in my place. <laughs> and then I had to I had to explain to her that uh, none of these are real anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, they, 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 are, they are so clever these days. I wasn't yeah. that sharp, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, expectation, isn't it? It's just the, the, the poly music, yeah, they, they tell story. Again, yes, it's all telling the story, isn't it? Um, it's getting people to believe and to invest in what they're seeing yeah 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 well we need to make them believe and the best folio i yeah. think it should be not noticeable you shouldn't notice anything weird or obvious you know the wrong it's just yeah everything people should think they are they record it on the shoots when they're shooting and it's that's the expectation it should be like natural and re- make believe even yeah. if it's not there Fake it to make it. That's my job. <laughs> Fake it to make it. Yes. <laughs> That's an episode title right there. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Fake it to make it. That's what I do every day. So live performance, all the artists, they do that on stage. Mm. It doesn't matter what they're feeling or it. Well, it's just, yep. you just fake it. I'm yep. good at that. <laughs> so, Melly, what advice would you give to your younger self or someone who would like to start a career in this industry? Yeah, I get asked this a lot. And um, I will say, listen lots. Um, Whatever you go, whatever you do, touch everything. I'm touching everything because it's the texture, every texture and the weight of them and the hollow or, you know, everything is different sounding. And you will not, whatever you see, your brain will trick you sometimes to the look, but when you touch it and feel it, it's different and you will touch it, you know, just touch everything and learn and try to visual memorize them with the, because just seeing it doesn't make the sense. You need to be able to hear it when 
to combine them because they give the clues and from to me. And I will say, listen when you're out in the restaurant. Guess before when you look at what it is. So like if some someone is sticking, you know, some sun is sticks out and be able to understand like oh this should be this like or this is a plate just broken not glass or and look at and then just confirm what you thought about it and also mm-hmm. think about what you can use that sound for how do you replicate it is what you can use for for later on and definitely definitely do some type of dancing I think is the best I can advise because it, it will teach you everything, as I say, emotions, reading and synchronizing, uh, accounting footsteps and understanding how is your body works and your muscles work, be able to stop when you need to stop and when you start to run and the speed and everything. Top dancing is a very good place to start, I think. And I will say, young, younger me, that's what you ask, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say... Melly, please concentrate about technical part a little bit more <laughs> because <laughs> I have no idea and sometimes I need it and I'm still not refusing, but I'm a bit more involved. I'm trying more, but it's I think this kind of thing is easier when you start younger. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, I wish I had spent more time on this early days and and I will say be patient a bit more and don't let people take you ground us don't let yourself to take ground us mm-hmm. make sure you get on well with everywhere everyone and don't stress too much just at end of the day i'm not saving lives like doctors and don't stress too much just relax a bit more and stay calmer and under pressure that's what i will say because i'm a bit hyper in the studios and i just i get more stress if it's the time get less and that will be the best advice you know um, i know of the day we can do another day and i just be it will be better too if i am more relaxed (laughs) 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 yeah that's fabulous well melton baytock thank you very very much for joining us today and for giving us a little window into your world it's been really really nice of you yeah, thanks, Melly. And yeah, it was pleasure and it was enjoyable. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I saw a very interesting thing on the Twitter this morning. The Twitters? Yes. Someone we both know, James Warburton, who's a composer also oh, yeah. and a very, very nice chap. He responded to Caroline B, who is a songwriter. She was asking, can anyone recommend any music-related podcasts? I love interviews with artists, writers, producers, but I don't mind anything to do with music. And James basically gave her a list of podcasts, not all of which I've checked out, but I'll read them out anyway. There is Soundtrack Academy, which is real-world advice about scoring music. There is Song Exploder where musicians take apart their songs piece by piece. Mm-hmm. There's Soda Jerker, which is... Um, a picky pardon. It features interviews with some of the world's most successful songwriters, I'll have you know. Oh, good, good, good. There's one called Excuse the Mess, which is an award-winning music podcast. Mm. Featuring mm. different musician each episode, uh, which is quite nice. They co-write songs. 
and things on the podcast as well, which is uh, very interesting. There is the Slacker Music Industry book, which I, I suppose goes with a book. And Soundtracking, which is the Edith Bowman yes. podcast, which uh, is very enjoyable. Excellent, yeah. yeah. And Little Old Us at the end Woo. there, making a soundtrack. So my point is we're eternally grateful. Thank you, James, yeah. for recommending Thank us. You. This is what it's all about, really. This is the currency that we work in because, obviously, we, we don't get sponsored. We're not this. sponsored at all. So no There's... one's paying us to do this. No. Nope. So uh, it makes our day when people like it and share it and recommend it to other people. It's, uh, yes. It really goes a long way. It does indeed. Thank you very much. So, Caroline, hope you enjoy if you have a listen. And, James, thank you. Cool. Is uh, is that a wrap? Um, uh, <laughs> You're so yeah. silly. I know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's a wrap. All right. <laughs> that's a wrap. How do you find us? Makingasoundtrack.com will tell you all you need to know. Links to the podcast, social media links, and there's information about us. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would make our day if you could give us a positive rating or review. And if you enjoyed this episode, let us know what you think on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Any of those. Uh, We might even read out your comment next time. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would make a difference. Oh dear. Utterly ridiculous.